Welcome to the Mental Health Bootcamp Podcast, where psychotherapists, three of us from Canada, one from America, serve you cutting-edge mental health knowledge. And our hosts today, the four of us, I am Ryan Howes, a psychologist from California. I'm uh, Chris Boyd, a psychotherapist in Vancouver. Brooke Lewis from Vancouver. And I'm Joanna Boyd also from Vancouver. And that's Vancouver, Canada, not the one you from got Washington, it. right? Got it. That's Correct. right. That's right. Okay, so gosh, we're back for another week. This is the fifth episode, believe it or not. And uh, I'm wondering how you guys are doing. Doing good. Yeah? Yeah, it's been a busy week uh, for me up here. And yeah, definitely looking forward to the weekend, but doing well overall glad to hear it mm-hmm. my my week was uh, a bit more spaced out a little bit more like swiss cheese so i had the case i think my clients had the case of the sunshines we had a really beautiful start to the week and uh seemed to have some gaps in my schedule that's okay i'm all right with that i have never heard a case of the sunshines before that's pretty nice <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess that would be the case living in california that'd be every day Maybe the case yes. of the sunshines, eh? If yeah. people had the case of the sunshines, I would be out of business. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> so what about you, Chris? What's going on? Uh, yeah, the week was good. Uh, we had lots of clients, which is a great thing. Just trying to find creative ways to engage with the clients there. Um, yeah, enjoyed the weather up here as well. And I spent some time reading a new book, which I'd like to plug right now. Oh, Oh. It is uh, it's called uh, The Mental Health Journal for Men, uh, Creative Prompts, Practices, and Exercise to Bolster Wellness from uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan Howes. Um, so oh, wow. I received uh, Ryan's book. Thank you for, uh, for the gift. And I know you're not going to plug yourself, so, but I'm uh, really enjoying the, uh, the book so far. So. Wow. I'm going to have to check that out. It sounds fascinating. <laughs> We, we know the author. He's a cool guy. Oh. Very credible. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. I, I said this to you guys before, but I'll say it again, that uh, the book was, was fun to write and it was kind of easy to write because we made this mental health boot camp, you know, our, our actual 25-day exercise. Um, and it's just kind of writing, you know, he- healthy prompts for people to uh, – to think about so for the journal it was just similar stuff here's think about this from your life and and write about it and some some breathing and relaxation exercises that sort of thing there's a lot of overlap with the boot camp so it's fun to do yeah it was great like i like the uh the teenage set list with some songs uh you used to enjoy back then lots of pie charts and uh your inner punk breathing 101 yeah a lot of i had a, a good chuckle for sure i liked uh, the creativity there so well done Thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Available now on Amazon.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess maybe we should just step right into the uh, the ambush, shall we? I think so. Oh boy. I'm excited. Okay. So I'm expecting I'm expecting a curveball from uh, Ryan here. Yep. So we we were guessing earlier what it was going to be. Okay, well, I was I was wondering what it was going to be too, 
but uh, but I, I came to it. Um, so if anyone new to, to listening here, we do this ambush where one person comes up with a topic, the other three don't know what it is, and you're just kind of put on the spot to uh, to talk about it and figure it out because I figure that's sort of like it works in therapy, right? Therapist doesn't know what material is going to be presented. We just gotta gotta roll with it, right? Mm-hmm. So. Usually someone will send me a text, but since I'm the one up tonight, I'll send myself a text and uh, be ready for this one. And here we go. Here is the topic for the night. You ready? Ready. Oh, you can cut the tension with a knife. (laughs) Right. Optimism versus pessimism versus realism and coronavirus. That is not what I thought. (laughs) I did not prepare for that. Can we talk about moments of meeting? (laughs) No, we're not talking about moments of meeting. We're talking about this. Let me tell you where I'm coming from on this one, okay? Okay. Okay. So generally speaking, we talk with people about the benefits of optimism. And there's a mountain of research to show that optimistic people tend to recover from illness faster. They tend to kind of be generally healthier because they're sort of planning for a healthier life and they kind of gear their lives in that direction. Some people say there's a chicken and egg thing. If you already have a good life, you're gonna be optimistic. But generally speaking, when they talk about people who are more optimistic versus pessimistic, they're, they have better mental health. During this time, the past five months of this, um, this has been a kind of a challenge. Because on on the one hand, yes, we want to be optimistic about health and the economy and, you know, race relations and everything that's been going on in the world. Um, But at the same time, you know, does optimism mean recklessness then? Like, oh, well, uh, maybe I can go out and and I don't need to wear a mask because uh, I'm optimistic, right? Or... Uh, or I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll plan that, that wedding for September, or I'll plan this, uh, you know, this party for next weekend, because everyone will be fine, and, and let's just look on the bright side, everyone's going to be safe, right? Um, so it's, it's kind of presenting a little bit of a challenge to this idea. So I just wanted to throw that out there, see what you guys, what your thoughts are, because uh, I think there's, there's some, some difficulty with this one. It's interesting, because I, when you say optimism, and you, like you noted, there's the optimism for yeah, like a bit more of the carefree or it's going to be okay, let's go to that party. But I think you could also be optimistic in that not necessarily doing those things, but you could just be like, okay, let's stay optimistic. We will get through this together. You know, let's, we're connecting with people more, you know, we have more of a slower pace. Like there's that different kind of optimism. So I think you could even split that a little bit. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're talking about the optimism, like, I guess that, that, then depends on what your level of acceptance is, right? Like totally, if, I, yeah. if I'm accepting this is our reality right now, then I can say, oh, this, I can be optimistic about all the time indoors and, and uh, not going out socializing. This will be fine, that sort of thing. Yeah, to, you know, yeah, one day we'll, yeah, this will all be behind us or whichever versus the optim- optimism that you described. So mm-hmm. that's where my, my, my mind went there. I think that's kind of. Yeah, and I was thinking too. The see, it's tough, right? Because we want to, we we have a tendency to try to make sense of our reality, right? We try, mm-hmm. we want to create themes, and we want to see, um, and and create these categories that might be beneficial for people. But when I think of optimism, um, 
I think of how do you respond to, to difficulties and challenges, right? And if, if someone is neglecting, uh, you know, the, the risks of going out and, and uh, you know, connecting uh, with, with people without a mask or whatever it might be, I think that's kind of reckless as well. So we always want to be informed by uh, what our medical professionals are recommending, right? Because, yeah, if your optimism to the point of uh, being reckless, then, of, of course, that could be... Um, yeah, very damaging um, for your own your own well being as well as the people around you, right? Certainly. So, so would that say that? And I know these maybe are just false categorizations, but people talk about optimism, pessimism, and then somewhere in the middle, like a realism. Like, okay, I'm just going to be realistic about this, which some people say kind of skews towards pessimism, <laughs> anyway. But um, is it more of I need to? To accept that uh, that these you know scientific truths are are reality, and that I'm going to try to make the best of that. How does that how does that look? Do you think? Uh, I think that's a great question. I'm going to backtrack a little and answer that. Okay. If I get sidetracked, bring me back. Um, so I actually recently, just during COVID, read a book. It's called The Optimism Bias, mm. and it was written a little while ago. Twenty. 10 or 2011. Um, so it was, it was really interesting, but it, the author was kind of mentioning the benefits of optimism. So we've actually used optimism as a species to move forward because that is what's got us through difficult times, right? So if we're looking at war, if we're looking at the 1918 pandemic or anything like that, it's kept us engaged in life to keep going because how could it get worse than what it is? We're going to keep going because it's going to get better. There's hope and the hope brings optimism that that change will happen. So optimism is the hope that change will happen and things will get better in the future. It was a very interesting read. I do recommend it to people that way uh, or to read that. Um, there was a lot of other things in there which paralleled like uh, political change and how major political changes tend to happen during the worst period of time. And they will be the most hopeful when uh, towards that new leader that's coming in, if the time that they're stepping in is in extreme detriment. So mm. I'm very interested to see what's gonna happen politically in the States mm. later on. And if you were to poll citizens of how hopeful you are for change in the future, what this author is suggesting is that people polled would say they're very optimistic that this new leader is gonna create positive change or benefit in their future, but that's because the state of what we're in right now is uh, really just new and novel and uh, unfortunate for many people. Um, so I think when we're looking at realism, pessimism, or optimism, we do need to tangibly decide what that is and what we're talking about. So realism, sure, there might be an acceptance of like, this is what's happening right now, and optimism is the hope for change in the future, a term that's been floating around a little bit in my network of graduates my, when I did my master's, some, some folks from there, is toxic positivity. Aha, uh -huh, yes, I've heard this. And uh, so the definition or a definition, a possible one, is the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations so 
not necessarily taking it as I'm hopeful that in the future things will change, but it's, that might be more where like, I'm not going to wear a mask because I'm hopeful things are going to be better. Might be more torn to that uh, toxic positivity than it is to optimism. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. I like that distinction. And, and I think you're also talking about kind of a, uh, a temporal distinction, like, are you, are you optimistic in this moment, you know, with this mask or not, or is it or more of a general thing of, you know, it's our future of humankind going to improve and, and survive and thrive on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Toxic positivity. I've, I think I've seen some of that at times. It's really just been popping up in the past few weeks for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a newer term. I'm not totally up to date with all research or definitions or whatnot, but it's caught my eye is I do think it kind of goes back to the like state versus trait. Like, are we being positive in the moment or are we generalizing that positivity? Is that actually harmful? Are we then being ignorant to dangers because we're trying to remain positive in which case we're not being realistic and that that's going to be very harmful. Mm-hmm. So like almost short-sighted versus future-sighted, I guess, a little bit there. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so but I like that distinction, too, about being realistic about what is going on in the here and now, right? But uh, hopeful for change in the future or um, the pessimistic, you know, um, not having any hope for the future. And I think a lot of people are grappling with that right now, right? Yes. Yes, I've seen as this uh, as this drags on, you know, it's interesting how how everyone everyone talks about time, how how the time has been weird and and days bleed into each other and all of that. But at the beginning, it seemed like people were talking about, oh no, I don't know if we can do this for another week. I don't know if we can, you know, they were looking forward to it being done within a matter of weeks. And then it was, oh, maybe we can make it a couple of months. And now people are talking in terms of years pretty comfortably, like. Yeah, maybe let's take another year before we're back to normal. Um, I don't think they're all comfortable with it, but it just seems like there's a sort of a been a gradual acceptance of the the length of this, the duration, and it's not going away anytime soon, at least here in the states. And uh, people are, you know, some people approach that with uh, with some acceptance, and some with some some real hardship and grief, you know. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was so unknown to everyone at the beginning, right? And there's just like, that's almost hard to cope with when you just, it's just so many things unknown. So now that we've kind of lived through it for five months, there's a little bit of, okay, if this is going to be longer, we kind of know what life has been like. We know kind of some guidance we've had and, you know, there's a little bit more to hold on to a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but I wonder too, Joanna, um, And Ryan, it's interesting. So yes, there is this unprecedented time. We can't say it enough, right? But uh, so I'm wondering, though, the difference between like, perhaps earlier on, people were hopeful that the coronavirus situation would go away Mm -hmm. sooner than later, and they would be able to go back to their previous way of life. So the hope was that the virus is going to go away. I'm going to go back to my previous way. 
And yeah. now I'm wondering if the optimism is more, I'm hopeful that I will be able to adapt and I will still be happy regardless of what the situation or the context is. So I am hopeful yeah. that I will be able to be resilient through this and be able to be happy and figure this out and adapt, even though coronavirus is part of my life. I would yeah. agree for sure. Cause I think it's, um, and cause what's possible to, is it possible to go back into what we used to have? No. Right. So, and it's, especially with economy, people's work or just, it's changed a bit. So I, I would, how you said it, Brooke, I think that is what it shifted to a little bit for sure. Yeah. I think it was that, no, I like that. Uh, what you mentioned there, it's acceptance that, Hey, this is not the best situation right now, but how can I navigate through this most effectively? Right. And maybe later on in the podcast, we talk about maybe helping people foster that optimism because it's pretty, pretty darn tough these days when uh, the longer this kind of goes on, right. Feel people are feeling kind of beaten down um, by the circumstances of COVID. I feel like, like with a lot of people and, um, and a lot of behavior changes that we have at the beginning, people just kind of white knuckle it, you know, just kind of go just by willpower. Okay. I can, I can charge through this. I can make it, you know, uh, whether it's like a weight loss program or I'm going to work out every day and get up early, whatever it might be. They just kind of, you know, force themselves to accept it because they don't have a choice, but this has been five months and the white knuckle approach just ha just can't work this long. People have got to adapt and change. And I think a lot of that has happened, whether we realize it or not. And honestly, I think if, if you know, we could snap our fingers and things did go back to how they were in November of last year, I don't know that a lot of people would feel comfortable with that either. You know, I think if that would be a major adaptation all of a sudden. Like what? I've got to commute and I've got to be in the office for 10 hours a day or whatever it might be. That might be a big challenge for a lot of folks too, because I think we have already changed and adapted quite a bit. True. I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, the toxic positivity, is there a lack of authenticity there? Like, is it, um, is it faking? Is it like, um, you know, when is it someone who's being overtly or just over the top positive even and kind of neglecting what is actually happening with the, like, the realism of that moment? So yeah, again, I'm quite new to the term, but um, my understanding somewhat, but like, it seems like it's more, um, definitely more surface level, more cheerleading, mm -hmm. like kind okay. of the dismissing, like, sure, you're hurting or struggling right now, but don't worry about that. It's going to be okay. You know, yeah. like, oh, you're having a sucky day, smile, there's a rainbow somewhere. And you're like, this is not helping me. Right. So there, there's like missing this uh, adaptation or sorry, the, the like acceptance or validation of the moment or the hurt that's, it's almost dismissing that and being like, just reframe to the positive and it's missing a step there. That's, that's the way I understood it, Brooke, from the bits that I read is that it's kind of a, 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 a misunderstanding of the whole positive psychology and happiness movement of, of really being in denial of negative negative feelings or, or negative affect, right? And just saying, nope, brush it aside and put on that happy face, you know? Turn that frown upside down, everything will be okay. Uh, when we know, and we all know this as therapists, that, you know, actually working through and processing some difficult emotions, whether that's anger or grief or 
some fears, things like that, uh, is really important for, uh, for a healthy balance uh, in the psyche there. We need to be able to, to process that. That's what we were talking about last week with grief. You know, we need to, we need to be able to grieve and to uh, allow space for that. And if you were to, to take someone who's just in the middle of their grieving process and say, come on, cheer up, you know, fuck up, it's a sunny day. Let's have the sunshine disease or whatever you're calling it, Brooke. Um, <laughs> I think that that would be, uh, that would be really uh, not uh, honoring uh, a grieving process that needs to take place. Right. What did you call oh, for it? For sure, that's, yeah. Was it sunshineism? What was it? <laughs> I called it the case of the sunshines. A case of the perfect. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> so instead of like, yeah, instead of clients calling in sick or like up here in Vancouver, uh, I know we're made fun of globally for it, but it's very true. When it snows like an inch and a half, the whole city shuts down, like everybody goes home. So instead of calling in with like a snow day or a sick day, they're calling in with the case of the sunshines. Like it's sunny out. I feel good. I need to go outside. Yeah. See you later. Not coming. You're like, awesome. I'm going to go outside too. Great. Thank you for the yeah. hour. Yeah, we live in a city that yeah. rains a tremendous amount. So when it's not raining or snowing, people want to be outside and sure. make them make the most of it for sure. Right. I don't I don't charge cancellation fees on that one. I'm like all the power <laughs> to you. I'll see you in two weeks. Nice. That's great. So so I guess getting to to I guess the other point you were you're raising there, Chris, about uh how do we help people with optimism? What was the question there? How can we help people foster a more optimistic or positive attitude if, uh, if needed right now? Yeah, and for sure. And, and, and I think that's an important distinction too. And we're not talking about toxic positivity, right? We're talking right. about optimism and uh, honoring, of course, what's happening in the moment and, um, and the challenges that we're all experiencing, right? Hmm. Good question. So... How do we have help people have a, and, and again, we were talking about the, the optimism that's not, you know, uh, a, a, in this one moment of, hey, I can go, I can go give a, give a hug to this person who's tested positive with coronavirus and they'll be fine. That's, that's a kind of optimism that is not healthy or adaptive, but maybe the global optimism of we will get through this, we will hopefully be stronger for it and uh, and move ahead. And sometimes that's a hard hard thing for people to hold on to, especially as they're mm -hmm. looking at uh, their bank account dropping or their friends getting mm -hmm. ill or family members dying, whatever that might be, right? So how can we help foster that for people? Yeah, I think it, it's important to allow space for all those feelings and thoughts that are normal for most people, right? Like it's not always easy to stay optimistic or um, yeah, some of the challenges that you might be dealing with um, or just the helplessness, right? So I think it, that has a place and then it's, yeah, how do we foster, yeah, more of that optimism as noted, given that the, those things are okay to feel too sure. at times. Yeah, what comes to mind for me is, you know, speaking of positive psychology, kind of like an attitude of gratitude a bit. So again, uh, to Joanna's point, honoring that this is a difficult time, but maybe trying to think of things, moments throughout the day that you do appreciate because, you know, based on how our biology, sometimes we 
we focus on that we have a bit of a negativity bias, right? So we can be consumed by those negatives. And ultimately, it's how we make sense of what's going on in our lives, right? Um, how, how we interpret our lives. Um, that means, means the most here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I often, you know, I play a game sometimes with clients too, where we try to inspect every situation for, for uh, a positive element. So we, we do debrief the challenges and difficulties of it. And then just for fun, maybe we'll try to find something positive about it. And an example I often use is my car got broken into, this is years ago, three times over the course of about six months. And last time it happened, it was outside a busy. <laughs> hold on, a, a hold, busy, hold the bus here a second. He has the, he has the best luck ever. This is, you're talking about how your car was broken into three times over a few months and you yeah. have, uh, and your house is burnt down twice, right? And a half, almost three. Two and a half, almost three times your house is burnt down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have an amazing uh, insurance premium now. Um, <laughs> I'm sure so, you do. So, so the last time the car got broken into, I think it was the same person that was doing it. It wasn't just my car. It wasn't targeted. So I'll kind of speed up the story here, but broke the window on the passenger side window, uh, or sorry, broke the window on the passenger side, rummaged around and took off. So yep. the last time it happened, um, I was outside a busy restaurant in the same neighborhood. And I was in there for about 20 minutes. I met up with my brother and uh, family. Uh, I got a glass of wine, settled my bill. Uh, so in there for 20 minutes top, sit down in my car, look over, and the window is smashed. Oh. So in that moment, imagine what I felt. Uh, pretty hard, pretty difficult feelings, right? Anger, satisfaction, fear. Anger, yeah, anger. I was, you know, I was, I was kind of pissed off. I, I couldn't believe it, right? Another $300 deductible. And, and, uh, and then I thought, you know what, Chris? I was with the feelings there for a bit. And I'm like, this would be a great opportunity to inspect this situation for a positive element. So what do you think I focused on in that moment? What could possibly be positive about that situation? I've heard this story before, so I'm not going to answer because I know the answers. Oh, okay. Uh, this gave you the opportunity to get a new window and to get tinting on your windows this time. Oh. They didn't uh, take your actual car? It's true. Like, I really enjoyed that car. It was worth a lot more there than stolen because it was an older car. Sure. Uh, yeah, I got got a brand new window, so uh, I was going to drive home with the window down anyway, so the same as the trouble of putting it down. Uh, to my knowledge, didn't take anything, and I actually had a, a laptop in the trunk, so they didn't pop the trunk, so I was happy about that. Oh, wow. Still got to connect with my family, which which was good. Um, and uh, they do an amazing job of detailing my car, so when I take it in there, they get fixed. They, they clean it so so well, right? But an interesting thing happened as, you know, as I started to reflect on these things, I had a bit of a, a sense of calm come over me. And I, it's kind of the Viktor Frankl stuff, right? I get to choose my attitude a little bit. Um, and uh, it didn't make much sense in that moment to fixate and ruminate on the things I didn't have control over. There we go. And I'm glad you just brought up Viktor Frankl. And I, I think we've already talked about Viktor Frankl or referenced him once, but Man's Search for Meaning is an amazing book. And, um, and it really was... Like it's his story of being in a concentration camp, but he didn't want to focus on, he knew lots of people would be writing books or articles about why people were dying or how they were dying in concentration camps. And he wanted to write one about how people survived. How did they live? How did they survive through such awful conditions? 
And in doing so, um, it's in a very subtle way as he tells stories, but you pick up these life lessons. So even though he was in these awful conditions out doing labor, he would be able to look up and appreciate uh, the sunset or the sunrise. Mm. Or looking and even though they were rationed food and how they would share that food with people who were ill and come together collectively to do so to take care of people or to take care of one another through song or connection when they could. And, and it wasn't to dismiss the conditions they were in, but it gave them the fuel to move forward to say, yes, this is awful. Let's ground ourselves in the things that are working and, and move forward from here. And so I agree with Chris that sometimes we have to look at those gratitudes that in a very wholehearted way to say, yes, this is awful, but look at how the community came together. Nice. Look how that is moving forward. So I agree with that. Um, another option for clients or persons struggling with this, you may want to look back in your life and look at how there's been other times in your life that were challenging um, and you were able to move through this, through that. You were able to get through the other side because when we're entrenched in it, when we're in the moment, we forget that there is a future sometimes. And we want to take a look at, you know what, what's it going to look like on the other side? Right now sucks. It's not very fun. Uh, nobody, like you might not be enjoying yourself. Is there something you are enjoying? You'd be grateful. But in five, 10 years from now, what is the potential? What could this look like? How could I get through this? And hopefully that's a positive spin. And if it's not, please do access support services or counseling. So that's where the pessimism comes in. If there is helplessness or hopelessness to that, if you don't see that way out, then you're going to want to access some support to see that option. Good. For sure. Yeah, you know, we're exposed to so much negativity out there too. Um, <clears throat> but there are some good stories happening out there too. Yeah. <clears throat> good news movement. <clears throat> good news movement. Yeah, we'll sh shut out for that. But uh, but there's stories of compassion, and resiliency, and sometimes I'll seek out those stories, or the advancements in terms of what our scientific community is doing um, and working yeah. on. So, um, yes, yeah, yeah. Another uh, another resource that I've started to recommend to some my some of my clients who love to read is really to read basically any biography because biographies <laughs> are really just stories of triumph over adversity. You know? yep. One so after true. another. Here's the thing I had to go through, the hardship that I had to endure and, and come mm -hmm. to something better. Yep. So I think those are really helpful for people too. Yep, memoirs and mm -hmm. inspirational sport movies like Rudy. <laughs> Love Rudy. Love Rudy. Yes, you do, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've got, a, I've got a, a car story I'd like to tell that may be a little bit of uh, lemons, lemons into lemonade. I don't know if I ever told you guys this, that, that my car was stolen when I was in high school. It w I was a senior in high school and my car was stolen right out of my driveway, right in my front of my house. I woke up, you know, walked out to get in my car to go to school and it was gone. And uh, big, big mystery, no one knew where it went. It was like a Monday morning, it was gone. Uh, gone all week the police were looking for it i lived in a small town so it was kind of odd that no one could find it um but it was found that friday actually my dad found it that friday he was running on these trails outside of town and kind of and ran across it someone had taken the car for like a joyride and took it out and it ran out of gas because i never had gas and they ditched it there 
So I got the car back and it was all trash. They stole the stereo. They stole a bunch of stuff out of it. Interestingly, I had a Bible in there. They didn't steal the Bible. Oddly enough. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I know. They slashed the tires. They took my letterman's jacket, my letterman's jacket. They took it. I don't understand that. Um, and, and they carved into the car with a knife. They carved F-U and another place on the car, F-off, the whole word. I'm just sanitizing <laughs> it for you guys. And then, and then to, to kind of age myself a little bit, they also, someone carved in there, rad right <laughs> so it said that sounds, F -U sounds up very up. nice yeah have you up off and rad on the car so i i was a high schooler and was like i wasn't gonna buy a new car so we just kind of got new tires on it and fixed the things that could be fixed and and i drove it around i didn't get have money for a paint job so it had this carved in there <laughs> F -U up off rad on there and uh so it was a little embarrassing for me but people are like whoa dude what happened to your car I'm like yeah i got stolen and then one day, one of my good friends was looking at it, was just kind of shaking his head. And he pulled out his keychain and he took his key and he wrote his, he carved into the hood of my car his name and like with a heart around it, right? And because why not, right? I mean, it already has FU written on it. You might as well put your name on it. And then after that, everyone wanted to sign it. It was like a yearbook. So the, the whole hood of my car was signed with all these people who just taken keys and scratched their name into the hood of the car, which then it was like kind of a cool thing to have, hmm. right? So, and I hear stories, you know, like these all the time. Someone gets something that's a, a, a negative, what feels like a negative, seems like a negative at the time, and they're able to turn it around into something that's actually hmm. pretty cool, you know? Cool for them or community building or pro-social in some way, you know? And I, I like I like those sorts of stories. So that was something that happened with me. And then that's, cool. that's great. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. I thought it was kind of fun. It was better than a yearbook, you know, permanent. <laughs> kind of that's great. And what kind of what kind of car was it, uh, Ryan? It was a very fancy Volkswagen Rabbit. Oh. <laughs> no, it was it was a piece of junk, but it was uh, it got me around. It was a perfect high schooler's car. That's, that's great. great. Yeah, drove it for a few years, then it died, and I replaced mm. it with another Volkswagen Rabbit. That was also a piece of junk, but another story for another day. <laughs> yes. So look, we're talking about things like turning negatives into positives, uh, reaching out for help if you need it, um, trying to, uh, to grab a hold of even one positive thing if it's a, a, a sea of negative. Um, let's personalize this for a second. Is there something positive about this time for, for you guys that, uh, that you're holding on to, you know, I know it's, this time is challenging for us in a, ver in a variety of ways, but what are you guys holding on to for optimism and positivity, not toxic positivity, the other positivity? Hmm. Um, I think for my, myself, um, yeah, again, it sounds kind of cliche, but you don't realize how fast you're moving until you're forced to slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it kind of allowed me to, to focus on things I've neglected for a long time. Um, but also, like, it actually led to more quality connecting time, oddly enough. Um, so taking the time to reach out to people I haven't connected to in a while or finding, uh, you know, socially distant ways to, mm -hmm. or safe ways to connect with people. So it might be, uh, you know, doing pop-up brunches or, <laughs> or uh, you know, lawn chairs and, and people's lawns and, 
and whatnot. So uh, I think there have been some silver linings throughout this whole process. And um, yeah, so a few things that I've experienced. It's great. It's a good one. Um, yeah, similar to the slowdown. I think I've really appreciated that like you, Chris, um, and the connecting, of course. I also, I think it was really nice to see a lot of community come together whether just a lot of encouraging things for the essential workers uh, out there. Mm -hmm. um, there'd be a lot of a trend of a lot of painted rocks around the city on like trails you'd go on or hearts and windows is a big thing up here uh, in Vancouver. I don't know if that's something in the States there, Ryan, but so you'd see different windows and I think it was just more love out to a lot of the essential workers. Um, but there's like a local Facebook page, regarding like um, shopping local or helping all the local restaurants and cafes or businesses that are trying to stay afloat and people kind of talking about their experiences and trying to help out. So um, I think that was really nice to see kind of the rallying. So it, kind of finding comfort in a time when things are so abnormal. I think uh, people are kind of uniting a little bit. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I agree. I would echo both of you, the slowing down, the community, we have had an amazing community response in our community up here with Chris and Joanna um, and supporting local and all the rest of that. I also get a lot of strength from uh, and optimism and positivity from my clients, especially teenage clients and seeing their thoughts on it or how they're responding or reacting or the initiatives that they come up with or other clients or like the changes that it's made in their lives as well, which are often, yes, there are some stresses, but for the better as well. So seeing the younger generation connect more to their family members, to close friends, where ironically, even though we're so focused on technology right now, they actually want to see more people in person. So learning mm. how to build stronger connections mm. face to face in a safe way um, and, and with their families. So parents have been able to connect with their children more. And knowing what that ripple is going to mean for the generations to come yeah. and the creativity of the younger generation itself, because there was before this, there was the environmental stuff going around, right? Like where it was all about environmental impact. And then we also had COVID and then we have black lives matter and we have these movements that are moving through and to see the younger generation face those with such strength is incredible to me. So I have a lot of hope and optimism for the future to see that wave and how they're responding. And they're only 14 or 15. That's awesome. That's to me, amazing. that's incredible. It is. It is. For me, it's it's pretty simple. I I, I like being at home in a lot of ways and, and it's, it's enabled me to do a lot of the things around the house that I haven't ever gotten to and always said I, I would. And, and the biggest thing is really having a puppy, you know, we wanted to have a puppy, but if I'm gone 10 hours a day and my kids are away at school, it'd be impossible is for us to, to have a puppy. So having this puppy is great. And it, uh, and, and also all those little things that, that you need to like be at home, like you need to be at home during this window of time for someone to, to fix something or something like that. I could never do that before when I was at work all the time, but now sure. Come on over <laughs> whenever you want. Coming to fix my washer dryer. That's fine. Whatever that might be. <laughs> well, guys, we got to wrap up. This was fun. Thank you for uh, for giving me uh, some hope and some optimism and some non toxic positivity to uh, to lean on. Um, so please write us with your questions uh, if you have any at info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com and check out the mental health bootcamp program. 
Uh, please leave us a comment or, or, or a, a positive vote on uh, Apple iTunes um, podcast. And uh, we will say good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.